0: Blog Talk Radio
1: National radio I'm your co-host Sean Homberg we may be joined a little bit later by Christopher Herzog um so our call number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight if you need prayer for anything in the next two hours please give us a call and we will believe and intercede with you standing with you um, believing that the words gonna fulfill his to fulfill everything he said in your life um, So that being said, let's start off with some prayer Father God, Lord, we come to you in agreement Father, standing as A body of believers, Lord, who are trusting Father, to see your hand move in this earth, Lord Father, from the north, south, east, and the west, Lord We stand In the gap on behalf of the nations, Lord Asking that your grace And your mercy, Father Would flood this earth, Lord That through your Holy Spirit You would reveal Your Son, Jesus, to the hearts of men Father, that you would glorify The Lord Jesus Christ On this earth, Lord As you have glorified him In this earth already As he is glorified in heaven, Father That for all those ...across the world, Father, who have never heard the name of Jesus, Lord, and even for those who have, God. Father, we ask that your will would be done. Your will will be done. Your kingdom come on this earth, Lord. Father, for any of those who are listening tonight, Lord, whether they're listening live with us right now, Father, through Blog Talk Radio, through the website, Father, or whether they're listening to one of the archives... Later on God Father according to your word in Ephesians We ask for a spirit of wisdom And revelation And the knowledge of you That the eyes of their heart Would be flooded with light Lord That they would know what is the hope of their calling Father that they would be Strengthened In their inner man Father Through your spirit Lord That Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith Father that they would be rooted and grounded in love Lord To be able to comprehend the love of God Which surpasses knowledge Holy Spirit We ask that you would reveal yourself To every one of us Father Reveal to us the great and precious promises That the Father has bestowed upon us Lord Reveal to us your presence Father In our lives Lord Reveal to us your plans and your purposes Father Though we know that your word declares that You know the thoughts you think for us Thoughts of good and not of evil To give us a future and a hope And Jesus, like you said, that you have come That we may have life and have it more abundantly, Father We also know that your word declares That we're your workmanship, Father That you are the potter, Father And we're the clay, Lord And you said that you created us for good works Which you prepared beforehand That we should walk in them Father, you also said that the work that you started You would complete until the day of Christ So, Father, as we enter into a rest, Father, of knowing that the work is completed, Father, that you have done everything, for your word declares that you have forever perfected those who are being sanctified, Lord. And now as we come boldly to the throne of grace, as your word declares, we are accepted in a time of need, Lord. We ask that you would reveal yourself to us, Father, that as Moses and Paul and Men and women and prophets throughout your word Have sought your face, Lord Sought to know you, Lord We ask that you would reveal yourself to us, Father That we can become one with you, Father That we can know you, Lord Not because of what you can do in our lives, Father Not what you can do for us, God But that we can give you the glory, honor, and praise that you deserve Father, that we may know that for which you have first known us and that we may have intimacy and communion and relationship with you. For that's the very purpose which you created us, Lord, for your good pleasure, Father. So, Lord, for the next two hours of this broadcast, Holy Spirit, we give you complete and total control. That you would have your way That you would magnify the name of Jesus That you would reveal the heart of the Father To those who are listening, Lord That you would open their spiritual eyes, Father Open their ears, Lord That they can hear your voice, Father That they can see you moving in their life, God Father, tonight, Lord, we yield our lives to you And say that you are Lord, Father So, um, so I'm looking at stuff in the chat room, and you know, someone was—I I saw the video. Someone's talking about the Jesse Duplantis video. Um, Jesse Plinus, who, um who is a Southern preacher, most people know him, um, who are Christians, um, and he put out a video about a. Revelation visitation he had with the Lord um, Where he actually Went to heaven Um, And while some You may want to judge him You know Paul said the same Thing that Jesse did He said he knew a man that was caught up into The third heaven And saw things which it wasn't lawful For him to talk about And that was Paul who wrote A majority of the New Testament And So not everything that people say is necessarily not true But let me clarify my comments here Since it's um, very much like me to say things inc- um, politically and, and correct, um For all of you out there Paul said, and I'm going to paraphrase this Because I don't really, um, I wasn't going to really turn to the scripture Paul said those who Seemed to be something to me, added nothing to me You know, there's a great many Christians out there Um, And I know you're not judging exposing demons I'm just, um, it's actually good you said this It gives me a good way to start this Um, There's thousands of Christians out there Granted, um, we're constantly praying and interceding For those who don't know the Lord, but there are hundreds and thousands of Christians out there and thousands of different belief systems and you know, there's Catholic everybody wants to like put themselves in little bubbles and uh little like cliques and groups and they say, Well, we're members of this and we're members of that and or we're of this person and we're of this person But Paul said, Were you baptized into Paul or Were you baptized on this person? No. We are all baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ And he's the one We should be following I personally don't really Believe in denominations um, I don't believe in being non-denominational Because I think um, in the times that we Live in that's just another Group that you can dis- to Fall into And as far as myself And I don't know what Chris would say um, Whether he would Say he's charismatic or um, Pentecostal or anything um what i would say is i am a follower of the lord jesus christ a student of his word and i let that be the end of it i don't want to put myself into some group cuz the only group i belong to is that of the kingdom of heaven as a citizen of Heaven as the scripture has Declared that we're no longer strangers And foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints And the members of the household of God And that's the group we belong to And So while there's many different groups Out there uh, In the long run what it comes down to is How many of those people Serve the Lord Jesus Christ How many of those speak the truth Jesus said those who are Not against me are with me Um and you know, Paul said that some preach Christ, um, some preach Christ out of pretense, and some out of truth. And here is me paraphrasing again. But he said, you know what? Either way, uh, Christ is preached, and this I will rejoice, because you never know. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when um, Paul or Peter, sorry, Peter and the rest of the disciples left the upper room after they had been filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out and they spoke to. An enormous crowd And none of them were preachers um, None of them All of them The only thing they had in common Was the Lord Jesus Christ um, That was it They all came from different groups Different families Different situations Some were fishermen Some were tax collectors They were just men Living their lives Who had an encounter With the Lord Jesus Christ And that encounter Was what was what changed them You see And So None of them had formal training um, They didn't go to school I don't know that there I mean I guess there there wasn't really Bible schools As we have nowadays I mean they had uh, I guess the schools of They had like the schools for the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees And those types But there wasn't actually like What we see now was Bible schools Springing up everywhere But what they did have Was they had the Holy Spirit And they had the word of God, they had the knowledge Of their relationship with the Lord They had the knowledge of the Lord being active in their life um, Doing everything He said that they could do, believing his word to be true Regardless of what their situation said And they went out there and proved it Because they did everything Jesus said And they were obedient, and so Jesus said Go out, um, preach that the kingdom Of God is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers um, Cast out demons uh, Raise the dead freely If you receive freely give." And so they did all that and on the day of Pentecost, when they went out and they spoke to the multi- and Peter spoke to the multitudes, um, he he theoretically um, had a good message. If you want to break it down into some semantics or anything, he had, he had a he had an okay message. But it wasn't him speaking; it was him speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the thing about that was is. Um, Nowhere does it say Peter spoke five million different languages, or however many people that were there, and the different tribes and nationalities and tongues, and visitors and foreigners who were gathered in that square at that time. But what we do know is the Bible declares that they all, everybody who was listening, heard it in their own native tongue. And I know Peter couldn't speak in a bunch of different languages at the same time, but we do know that the Holy Spirit can. And so the Holy Spirit was taking the words that came out of his mouth and he was using them to transform the lives of the people around him. And they were cut to the heart and they repented and they wanted to be saved. But it wasn't necessarily because of the words that Peter said, it was because the Holy Spirit took the words and used them with power, quickened the words with power, and changed people's hearts and their and their lives. And so you know, even though people are gonna be out there and they're gonna be preaching Christ for one reason or another, some people preach Christ out of sincerity. For the love of the Lord uh, Because they honestly have a compassion To see the world get saved And for people to come to know the Lord And then there's going to be other people Who are going to preach Christ Because you know what It's a good living And they're making a great income And you know The Bible does say that uh, The worker Those who um, live on the gospel Work on the gospel Should live on the gospel Something like that There's some scripture about that That sort of does justify uh, People in the ministry getting paid But You know, I I sometimes wonder what the motivation is. And the problem is getting paid to do the gospel is then there is always the, um, I think there's always the temptation of why you're doing it and what your motive is. Are you a pastor and are you preaching what you preach on a Sunday morning because you want to fill up a church? Because those people are going to pay tithes and offerings. Do you preach a message about tithes and offerings because you need people to give to keep the lights on? Or are you preaching a message about tithes and offering because you want the people to be blessed? Um, do you preach your message uh, watered down a little bit just because you don't want to offend anybody and have them leave the church? Or do you preach the whole truth of the gospel and then... Have the attitude that if they want to hear it They'll stay and if they don't they'll leave And then be okay with that either way Knowing that you're not the one in control That God is And I say all this To say that You know people are going to say things And they're going to have visions And revelations And some of them are going to be from the Lord And some of them aren't And no one can judge that but God Because he's the one who sees the heart We can judge because the Bible To a small extent Because the Bible says The test of spirits And it said A good tree cannot bear bad fruit And so it says You'll know them by their fruit And it says Out of the abundance of the heart The mouth speaks And so we can discern Which spirits are from God And which ones aren't But even if people make mistake The Lord can still use it Um, In the Old Testament The Lord used a donkey to prophesy He used men's from all walk of life To speak into the hearts and the lives of others So that his purposes could be fulfilled And You know I've had people who I didn't even know Walk up and give me prophecies that were dead on um, In the weirdest places and then I've had people who've said things and they may not have necessarily like sunk in and I didn't really know and if it was God or if it wasn't. And so you never know. God can use your words at any point in time. He can use anything. Uh, he can have you speak into someone's life by just regular conversation without you even knowing he's speaking into someone's life. You could be talking about the weather or cooking or a football game and God could use something that came out of your mouth. To touch someone's heart, and you may never know about it. But it's not necessarily any of our business to know what the God does at every moment in time, because it's our job to be obedient and to trust Him and to live our lives fully pleasing Him, and that's pretty much about it. Oh, and then to have joy and happiness and peace in the Holy Spirit. What does it say? Righteousness, righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, Jesse did have a. The message that Jesse had was about him being caught up into the third heaven and seeing the Lord. And Jesus said, "What he always says to people is that he's coming soon. Tell my tell my people I'm coming soon." And you know, there was there may have been some of his own thoughts. I'm not really sure how to go about this. Um, let me just say it this way: We're all flesh every one of us, me, all those who are listening live, all the people in the chat room, we're all flesh and blood. Though we have the Spirit of God, though we have um, the revelation of the Holy Spirit uh, revealing the things of God to us, we're still flesh and blood. We still see things and perceive things based on our lives and our experiences. We see things based on what we know. Someone, two people can be in the same room see something and based on their experiences and their past will determine how they react to it and i think the lord speaks to all of us and i think a lot of times the lord gives all of us the same message i've heard things from the lord and talked to people all over the world afterwards and had all of them get the exact same revelation and the exact same vision because god's not a respecter of persons and it wasn't just about me and my words It was about him and his kingdom and his purpose. And I wasn't super special to be hearing from God because he talks to all of us. And, you know, that being said, um, you can talk to people about something the Lord said and all of them will see it a little bit differently. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all wrong, but I'm saying that people will hear the Lord, but they hear him through the veil of their own flesh that's still there, through their thoughts, through their sins, um, depending on how much our minds are consecrated to the Lord, how much our minds are set apart from the Lord, and what thoughts we allow in, what thoughts are floating around in your head 24 hours a day, whether it's a football game or pornography or whatever it is, your mind can get clouded. And when the Lord tries to speak to you sometimes, even what he says can sometimes be clouded and not completely clear based on the things that are already floating around in your head. And, you know, one of the biggest things the enemy tries to do is to change your opinion, to change your judgment, to fill your mind with doubt and disbelief and who knows what, so that you can't completely hear God. And, you know, some people, God continually calls to them, and so does the enemy, and they, sooner or later, they just stop listening to God, and it makes it harder for them to hear him when he does talk. So whether or not uh, Jesse went to heaven, really, I've heard hundreds of people who've said similar things. I've heard hundreds of people who've had revelations and visions um, where they saw the Lord Jesus. I never have, ever. I've never seen him in the flesh. I've never seen him in a vision or a dream that I know of. Um, not like these like people I've heard of who... Where it seemed real, but I've had visions, um, but they weren't like so real that I thought I, I would thought it was actually living it. And you never know. Um, Paul said that he was caught up in the third heaven and he saw things, or he said he knew a man because he didn't want to boast in himself. He saw a, he knew a man who was caught up in. You know I don't think I don't think Paul. Wow. I don't think Paul was a liar and I think Paul knew the Holy spirit and I think Paul knew Jesus and I'm not going to doubt what Paul said. Um, but he also didn't go into great many details about it because there's some things we don't need to know and there's some things we don't need to dwell upon and we don't need to take our mind into things even that are true that would, um, create, how do I put it? You know, I remember David Hogan, um, famous missionary down in mexico he said that people will be with him joining him in his ministry and they'll randomly bring up some new thing some new revelation and they'll be like this is a new thing or this is this revelation and this revelation and god's about to do this and this and this and he's like even things that he knows that are true because he deals with a lot of demonic things and the line of work he does, which is going into remote villages that are controlled by the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, like Paul talked about, places where no one has ever been to speak the name of Jesus. And he sees things that most people will not believe of. He sees things that some most Christians wouldn't believe of. Even though some of it may be talked about in the Bible, they've never seen it, so they don't believe it. But yet, I mean, there's many Christians who don't believe that people get raised from the dead, but yet Jesus was. And Jesus said that we should raise people from the dead. Um, He said it, I didn't. And, you know, there's still Christians out there that don't believe it's possible, and they don't believe God heals people, and God doesn't speak to people or any of that other stuff. But the Bible clearly says he does, and we should. But, you know, David Hogan said that there's things that he sees that he doesn't want to talk about because people will take little bits of pieces of something that he says and they'll create entire doctrines around them. And anything that will distract you from the Lord Jesus Christ and from hearing the voice of God is a bad thing, even if it's true, even if it intentionally is good. Man has made an art form of taking things that were godly and pure and making them... um, Wicked and evil We take um, Something simple from the word of God And we have a habit of building doctrines Around it But you know it's no different than the Pharisees And the Sadducees and the rulers Of the times of Jesus Who took the word of God um, And then made doctrine off of it And then they held the doctrine More valuable than his word Teaching their doctrines And their traditions As the commandments Even though they never were And I've learned Attempted to learn That To never doubt the Holy Spirit And what God can do Never doubt what he does with any person at any time But still know in your heart And trust the Lord when the Holy Spirit Says something Because I don't want to be like for any reason because of disbelief or whatever or out of ignorance to be like someone like the Pharisees who looked at Jesus and said he had a demon because he had there were signs and wonders he was doing and in the process blasphemy the Holy Spirit or offend the Holy Spirit because he's doing something that I may not necessarily understand or may not necessarily agree with. And so, you know, the whole thing about Jesse is, um, I've heard him say things that I don't agree with. And I'll be honest about that. I've heard him preach messages, and I just really had a weird feeling in my spirit about him. But it doesn't mean I'm wrong. I mean, it doesn't mean he's wrong. It, just, it could be that I'm wrong. It could be that I don't know. It could be who knows what it is. But there's times when I hear things from a lot of people And I just turn the other way and walk away And trust the Lord um, But I do know there's five There's millions, I don't know how many exactly Millions of people who listen to Jesse planets Millions of people who get saved from listening to him Many people who turn their hearts to the Lord because of him And in the long run, to me, that's all that matters Period Is people coming to know the Lord I I don't care who it is And what they say As long as they're leading people To the Lord Jesus Christ As long as people's eyes are open And people are meeting their Redeemer And their their Savior That's all that matters And You know we could talk about People out there who are pastors And whatever and they're making Millions of dollars off of who knows what Book deals or whatever And you know It doesn't bother me that people make money Doing ministry It doesn't bother me that people make money Selling books about God Uh, Because I have stacks of them Um, In the office I'm in I have I couldn't tell you how many books I have About the Lord And you know some of I grew up On some of these books Like um Smith Wigglesworth. And um Andrew Murray, who wrote a book called The Holiest of Holies, The Holy of Holies about um Hebrews, which is um honestly one of those books that will just um knock you on your butt when you read it. Um, or even Books like Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn And you know some people like Benny Hinn Some people don't Some people say he's he's gone overboard at times um, But you know Reading some of his books or what helped me when I was really young Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit So Him being here can't be all bad And you know The Lord will use all of us And it's our choice Um, How much we want to let the Lord use us How much we're willing to consecrate ourselves to him for his purposes How much we're wanting to be obedient to the Lord So he can use us Um, Because the Lord will use everybody But then I believe there's times when the Lord can use some people more than others Because some people are more prepared And some people are more ready And some people are more yielded to the Lord And not to speak negatively about anybody because I'm just as guilty as anybody of having the Lord say, well, you should do this or do this or go here or go there and for whatever reason not doing it or not believing it and not having any action and an opportunity gets lost or the Lord has to go find someone else that when he says move, they move. So the real question becomes is, who do you trust more? Do you trust men or do you trust God? Someone could say something pretty crazy out there, but you never know what God's going to use when they hear God or when the other person who's listening hears them. Are they hearing their words? Or are they hearing um, the voice of God at that moment? I have a mentor named Ron Evans, and he told me this story and he's Ron Evans has always been One of those guys that sort of scares me How close he is To God at times um, Because he just has this peace About him and This presence of someone you know Who spends uh, so much time With the Lord Jesus And you know He talked to me a lot And he told me this story about how he was in the airport and with his wife, and he saw this guy um, in the same airport, and he felt the Lord tell him to go talk to him. And so he walks up to this guy, and the guy starts speaking. I think it was Spanish, and you know, Ron's like, "Okay, well, there's a problem, God, because I don't know anything in Spanish. Like, like maybe hello." And it's true, Ron doesn't know any Spanish whatsoever. And But the Lord told, he, even though he didn't know Spanish, and this guy did, and this guy didn't speak English, it didn't matter because Ron knew the Lord said you need to go preach the gospel to him. So Ron stood there, and in English, to someone who doesn't know English, started proclaiming the gospel in English. Well, what ended up happening is the man ended up getting saved, and... Got in, and I guess there was an interpreter or something who told him that when Ron was speaking to him, he was speaking, in, he, the man heard him in Spanish and speaking praise and glory of the Lord God and his son Jesus Christ. And there's no telling what words the man heard, um, but he heard them all in Spanish, and Ron wasn't speaking in Spanish, but the Holy Spirit took his words. And transform them To touch the heart of this one man Because this one man was there God God needed someone to Be a conduit for his presence And when he asked Ron Hey, can you go do this? Ron was like, sure, why not, Lord? He didn't make excuses Saying, okay, God, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not the best person Or I really have to catch my plane right now Or I have to do this Or I don't really know him Or I don't know Spanish She's like, okay God You told me to go, so I'll go You told me to speak, so I'll speak And the rest is up to you It's the same thing that happens When we pray for people to get healed You know, we Don't know what the Lord's doing on the Other end we don't see what's happening Always in the spiritual realm But we don't have to Because faith doesn't always Require you um, Knowing everything You know it reminds me um, ironically Of the Matrix Movies and uh, Series And in one of them um, One of the guys Named Morpheus um, who believes that this other guy named Neo is this, like, um, savior from a bunch of robots. Uh, um, he's standing before this council of people, and or this one guy, and the guy's like, and, he's, and Morpheus is telling him that he believes in this guy named Neo, and the other guy says, like, you know, I don't believe any of that. And Morpheus looks at him and said, My belief doesn't require you to. And you know, out of a movie, that's a very powerful testimony. That our belief doesn't, in the Lord, our trust in the Lord doesn't require us to understand everything, it doesn't require us to know every little detail. Because we shouldn't be trying to um, barter with God, convince him that he has to give us the complete breakdown of everything he's doing in order for us to be obedient to him. The Lord shouldn't have to sit down and slowly break down his plans and purposes for everything, for us to heed his voice when he calls. Now the Lord will reveal things to us He'll reveal his heart Now he'll reveal plans and purposes that he has But he's not going to explain every detail And if we did If he did We probably wouldn't understand it to begin with You know When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus In the book of John Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus Being born again And you know, Nicodemus couldn't understand it. And he said, how, how can a man be born again? Can he enter back into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, if I tell you earthly things and you do not believe or do not understand, how will you understand if I tell you heavenly things? And so think about that for a second. Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus the the birth, um, being born again, being saved, becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. And he said, if I tell you earthly things and you don't understand, because salvation is pertaining to the earth, it's something for here, but there's a whole spiritual world that we're not aware of half the time and we don't understand. Nicodemus couldn't understand being born again So how could he ever possibly understand Later on After we received the Holy Spirit That it says we're seated in heavenly places With Christ Jesus Think about it The Bible declares that we are seated In heavenly places In Christ Jesus now, if I look around under my eyes, I'm sitting in my office, inside of my house, in the state of Texas, in the United States. If I look around with my physical senses, it doesn't look like I'm seated and heaven next to the Father. You don't see any of that. But if you look in the spiritual, because it says those that are born of the Spirit are spirit. And so we should walk in the spirit So we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh Setting our minds on things above and And not things below But we are literally seated In heavenly places in Christ Jesus It's a heavenly thing Salvation is an earthly thing It says that we are blessed With every spiritual blessing In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus said that all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you that the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. It says we're co-heirs with Christ. It says we're children of God. It says we're citizens of heaven. Can you imagine any of that? But yet it's true. We can barely picture it in our wildest imagination, let alone fully comprehend or understand any of it. But we trust the Lord to be true to his word, that he's not a God that he would lie, and that he's able to complete that which he started until the day of Christ. And he speaks such things about us men and women. Like David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And so while some of us still struggle to understand the earthly things, we still hope and ask the Lord to reveal us the heavenly things, to reveal to us the thoughts of his heart, to reveal to us how he feels about things so we can get his perspective, his mindset. Because if you go out into this world with its mindset or the mindset of the flesh, then frankly, you're probably going to be angry all the time or you're going to be miserable and depressed. You're going to either hate everybody or feel sorry for everybody or be scared to death for everybody. But if you take the mind of the Spirit, you understand the compassion of the Lord, where he said that he's not willing that anyone should perish that all should come to repentance. Then you see things differently You see The lost sheep You see Those who hunger and thirst And fill themselves with water And bread that can never satisfy Because they don't know They can come to a fountain Of living water They don't know that Someone died for their sins They don't know that they can rest In the knowledge that They are considered righteous before the Father, not based on their own actions, but based on what the Lord already did for them. And so our job is to trust Him, regardless of how we feel at any particular time. Because obedience isn't always about feeling Neither is faith Neither is belief Neither is intimacy or relationship You can't always feel the presence of God But that doesn't mean he's not there And sometimes our attitude and our mindset We have to set our minds on the Lord Even when we don't feel like it Sometimes we've got to intercede and we've got to pray When we don't necessarily feel like interceding and praying Sometimes the Lord tells us to do things That we frankly just don't feel like doing Don't want to do don't We want to do something else But we do it because he's the one who asked us to We do it because we love him And Jesus said if you love me You'll keep my commands And in return We get to know him And we get to enter into A relationship with him We get to work with him You know, how many children don't want to go to work with their parents? Even my six-year-old, when I go to work, ask if she can come to work with me. And, of course, I have to tell her no because of where I work. But when the father works like he's doing, still until the end, and we ask, can we work with you, he gladly says, yes, come work with me. Let us do this together. And you know, it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. She's loved me, he said, you'll keep my commands. And he said, I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. And those who are obedient to the Lord, when he asks, even for the simple things, the Lord can trust them with more things, like the story of the talents, where when the Lord gives us something, he expects us to use it. When he gives us a gift, he expects us to use it for him, for the world, for a world that's frankly dying without him, because they have no knowledge of him. And he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And while we as Christians generally think the only ones that are his and that belong to him are those that go to our church or those that tithe his money or believe exactly how we believe about the Lord. He says they're all his. Whether they believe in him or not doesn't change the fact that they belong to him. Whether someone knows the Lord or believes the Lord or even wants a relationship with the Lord doesn't negate or change the fact that he created them for his purpose. That he loved them and loves them. But it takes the Holy Spirit changing their hearts so they can actually see, so the blinders can be taken away from their eyes. You know, sometimes it takes Jesus putting mud over our eyes and then telling us to go wash it off for us to really see for the first time. And sometimes we're blind until then. Sometimes the Lord will let us get into things um, and then he'll tell us to go wash ourselves and we become clean. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. We're going to take a quick break. Our call in number is 619 638 8458. If you need prayer, give us a call, and we'll be right back.
2: All right.
3: Prayer International
1: Radio Our call number is 619-638-8458 Um Just you know if you hear like Growling in the background I have a new cat uh, And so my other cats are getting adjusted And so they're like stalking each other right now It's actually pretty interesting to watch Um That being said <laughs> Um You know and um I'm not usually one of those people who take one verse and from the Bible And use it to preach a message But, you know, it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11 And I just saw this It says least Or if I go back to verse 10 Because um, Paul's talking about forgiveness You know, let me just read this It says um, I'll start at the beginning It says um, But I determined that this was Within myself that I should not come again to you in sorrow, for if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad, but the one who made was is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, least when I came, that I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you, with many tears, not that you should be grieved, that you may know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you, to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things not whom you forg- if not whom you forgive anything, I also forgive for if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now it's interesting that he said that We're not ignorant of his devices You know the Bible says that The enemy Satan walks around Like a roaring lion Seeking him he may devour And I believe if I can speak frankly That he's had a lot of fun Over the last However The last century um, Tearing apart the kingdom of God Even though Jesus himself said a house divided against itself cannot stand. But yet it seems the enemy has made his way into the body of Christ to bring division and um, bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and wrath and contentions against those who all equally call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ among those who are all bought by the blood of the Most High God. By the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world And yet though we should be unified And one spirit With one mind um, Even though we're many members of one body um, The enemy has come in and separated and divided the body of Christ So that the body of Christ is Too busy fighting over their differences Too busy fighting over the glory that doesn't belong to them in the beginning To actually get anything done And what I mean by that um, If I can speak frankly to you Once again And please forgive me I don't say anything to offend anybody But How much money does it actually take To preach the gospel Pick a nation Pick anyone Pick one in your head Uh, We'll say Africa Just for conversation's sake How much money would it really take How much resources How much manpower would it really take To Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ Throughout the entire Continent of Africa From every country Inside of it It would probably take a lot Now If the entire body of Christ got together Actually got together Threw down all the denominational walls Threw down all the differences And beliefs about what music They should be playing Or how they should be reading or worshiping If they got rid of all that other stuff And they just had their hearts and minds On the Lord Jesus Christ And on the harvest And they all Put their minds on one place at one time. And everybody just said, We're going to go. We're going to intercede for Africa. We're going to pray for this nation and this nation and this nation and this nation inside of Africa. All the missionaries are going to go there. How long before a majority of Africa were saved? But yet, things like that don't happen. Because we can't people we can't half the time we can't people to even go to a church period, let alone go to another country. Let alone we can't get people to tithe. Let alone give. We can't get people to pray for their own family members who are sick. Let alone pray for a, world, a lost and dying world who needs the Lord Jesus. Because somehow in the midst of everything Though we have such great and promises From the Father I still think in some ways We still think it's all about us My family, my life my, my work, my schedule And we tend to have the mindset Of we really don't have time To deal with all that other stuff out there That's outside of our own little Realm and bubble, and you know, speaking honestly, I mean none of it all of us are about the same um, because we all have i mean you know what sure everybody's busy, um so I don't think being busy is an excuse necessarily um there comes a point when people have to grow up in the Lord and realize that we're fighting a fight and we're fighting a battle. And though the church loves to be on the defensive The church should be on the offensive Because the captain of the host of the armies of God is our leader Because he's always victorious in battle Because we have the word of God Because we have the truth of the gospel Because we have the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ Because we know his word is true Because as The scripture declares Even when the disciples went out Proclaiming that the kingdom of God was was at hand The Holy Spirit was confirming Their words with signs and wonders But the disciples knew it wasn't about them It was about Jesus And So when he said to leave all and follow me Take up your cross They were like Okay, because sometimes that's all obedience requires is yes It's interesting if you look at the Apostle Paul Who at one time was called Saul And persecuted the very church that he ended up serving Persecuting the very Lord Jesus who became his Lord and Savior You'll find that um, You know, he had one of those revelations and One of those experiences with the Lord that some people would scoff at and and laugh at and say, "Oh well, that didn't really happen. But Paul knew it did, and no one convinced Paul otherwise. And so when the Lord Jesus showed up, and with a bright light that was impossible to look at, and all the people with him fell to the ground, and he looked up and saw someone there, and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And he knew. And then the only thing he could say at that point, after knowing who the Lord was, coming into the revelation of who the Lord Jesus was, the only thing he could say at that point is, what do you want me to do? And sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we need to take a moment, get into our prayer closets or whatever, and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's your will for my life? What do you need to happen? What can I do for you, Lord? Because we all want to be used, but how many of us are willing to actually do it? It's almost like sometimes being used as the Lord is a good idea, and it sounds great, but then until we actually get to the point of realizing what it what it's gonna cost, which is everything, but salvation's the same way a relationship with the Lord is the same thing, it's everything because everything belongs to him, even ourselves our our lives um It says we are buried with Christ in baptism. We were raised in the newness of life. It says the life that we live, we should live to God, presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to Him because He died for us, because the eternal life we have is because of Him. And so it's a little thing for the Lord to ask for us to be obedient to Him It's a little thing that he asks for us to be unified. It's a little thing that he asks to freely give what we have freely received from him.
3: the broken-hearted will
0: Got it.
1: Welcome back to Prayer International Radio Our calling number 619-638-8458 So earlier We were talking about um, Teachers and various Things that people say um, Some being of God and some not And you know um, The Bible says we're supposed to test the spirits To see which ones come from him or not And those that deny that Jesus Has come in the flesh aren't from God As being the ultimate Test and you know um, in, in my Bible, uh, mainly the front of it, because it's the only place that had plain white space. I have a bunch of different quotes and stuff I've written down over the years, and one of them says, "My protection from being from deception is my intimacy with God, and not my fear of being deceived." You can always trust. The Lord Jesus Christ. You can always trust what you hear from the Holy Spirit. If it's from the Holy Spirit. If your heart and your mind are focused on the Lord, if you're continually in His presence, the Holy Spirit will always reveal the truth to you. And so I wanted to read a couple things. Um, and we'll see. We only have like 27 minutes. We'll see how far I can get with this. Um, but in Second Peter... Chapter 2 it says but There were also false prophets among the people Even as there will be False teachers among you Who will secretly secretly Bring in destructive hearsays And even denying the Lord Who bought them And bring on themselves swift destruction And many will follow their Destructive ways because of whom the way Of truth will be blasphemed By covetousness they will Exploit you with deceptive words For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them into chains of darkness. Hold on one second. Cat's fighting. Uh, Go. Get. Okay. Much better. Sorry about that, everybody. Um. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. You know, that's, and the interesting thing about that verse there is, you know, no one was ever born predestined or predetermined to spend an eternity without God. Hell was not created for men. It was created for the angels who rebelled against God, Um and it says, and did not spare the ancient world but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. You know, when we're continually um, bombarded on all sides by the things of the world, by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, by um, the evil, wicked intentions of the world and um, the things of the flesh, it can actually weigh down your spirit. It can... um, And so we have to make an ever more constant effort to um, make sure that we're spending more time with the Lord than anything else, more time in his presence, more time in his word. And it says, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh, in the lust of uncleanliness, and despise authority. They are presumptuous self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a violent accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption." And will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin Enticing unstable souls, they have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children They have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning." For it would have been better for them Not to have known the way of righteousness And having known it To turn, turn from the holy commandment Delivered to them But it has happened to them According to the true true proverb A dog returns to his own vomit And is so having washed to her wallowing in the mire And you know The the world is full of um, people like this Some of them who proclaim themselves To be Christians Some of them proclaim to be followers of the Lord Who are so caught up in their own sin And um, the lust of the flesh That um, Their hearts have been corrupted From the Lord There's those who choose To never believe in the Lord Jesus Christ And out of their zealousness For not believing in the Lord Because of the vengeance they have Against them they make it an effort To Deceive And to persuade everybody else um, Away from the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ Whom they actually know to be true But we shouldn't have to worry In ourselves Because We were not bought with um, Corruptible things But we were bought with the incorruptible By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ Who also gave us the Holy Spirit To be our teacher and helper and you know, if you turn over to the chap first chapter of John I mean, first John, um chapter one verse five or chapter two, I'm sorry, chapter two, verse fifteen, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it But he who does the will of God abides forever And then John says, little children, it is the last hour And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming And even now many Antichrists have come By which we know that it is the last hour They went out from us, but they were not of us For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the son Does not have the father either He who acknowledges the son Has the father also Therefore Let that abide in you Which you heard from the beginning If what you heard from the beginning Abides in you You will also abide in the son And in the father And this is the promise He has promised us Eternal life These things I have written to you Concerning those who try to deceive you But the anointing Which you have received from him Abides in you And you do not need to anyone teach you But as the same anointing Teaches you concerning all things And is true And is not a lie And just as it is taught you You will abide in him And now little children Abide in him That when he appears We may have confidence And not be ashamed before him at his coming If you know that he is righteous You know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is And everyone Who has this hope in him Purifies himself Just as he is pure You know um, Someone said in the chat room, We're here to teach God's truth and not the ideas Of men And you know, It's true um, One of the things me and Chris have always said on this broadcast um, Is that Anything you're told I don't care if you're listening to videotape And audio tape You're watching the TV, listening to the radio Or if you're in a church service We should always test the spirits To see where they come from We should always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit To reveal to us What is true and what is not Because in the times we live in, um, men are constantly, um, men are corrupt. And I'm not saying your pastor is corrupt. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying men are men. And we have to make an earnest effort to guard our hearts through the knowledge of the Word of God, knowing what His Word says, because the enemy will constantly try to um, change and corrupt the pure Word of the Lord. To take the word of truth and to twist it and change it, to pervert it, so that those who practice unrighteousness, those who practice lawlessness, those who are swayed by the lust of their flesh, who are entrapped in their own sins and desires... Can still claim to be filled Without ever coming to the knowledge of truth As the Bible says, blind leaders of the blind And it says that men will heap for them heap up for themselves teachers In the last days You know, it's funny I, um, I have a friend who um, was offered a job Or an interview for a job for a pastor And I, I thought it was funny An interview... To be a pastor, and it wasn't an interview as far as he sits down with someone who's at the church and goes over what he knows of the Lord and what his beliefs are of the Lord, and but it was that he had to go and audition before the church so the church could see if what he says would line up with what they feel, and if what he said, if they, if he could preach just a good enough message that they would be excited enough to offer him the job. And I've never been a pastor of a church. I've never tried to be a pastor of a church or anything like that. So I thought myself, I thought it was quite funny that you would have to get up and put on a performance in order to um, get a job as a pastor. Because I always assumed in myself, um, and I, I I could be wrong, is I always assumed that if you needed um, someone like a pastor, you would seek the Lord. And the Lord would give you um, knowledge and words of wisdom about who it was going to be. Or the Lord would put someone in your path and he would confirm it in your heart that this is the person who should have the job or have the position. And it's not that the person should have to audition. that The person would have to get up and, heavens forbid, um, offend anybody based on what they're going to say. But, you know, we have to make an... Let me not even say that You need to be in the Lord You need to be hidden in the Lord Um, You need to have the word of God inside of you You need to know it backwards and forwards As the palm of your hand You need to know Every word You need to live it and breathe it It needs to be Part of who you are Where you take this Like a scroll and devour it So it resides in your heart so that his word is constantly within you so it's like a fountain of living water inside of you so that when the enemy comes in and tries to pluck the word out he can't because you're rooted and grounded in truth because you're established in the word of god because you have the intimacy of the father and you know his heart you know his mind so that when the enemy comes in and tries to deceive you or persuade you or to say something That isn't true That is a lie Since he's the father of the lies You'll be able to stand in full confidence Because you know him We constantly um, Talk about knowing the Lord But yet in these times It seems all the more um, Vital and important For men and women and children Who name the name of Jesus To Be One with him That We may know him To know his heart, to know his thoughts To know his personality Because you know that God has a personality He has a heart He has emotions, he has feelings But there are things like that That you don't know of a person Of any person unless you spend time with them You know I've been married for A little over Two and a half years Three years, something like that to The most amazing woman I've Actually ever met in my life um, a, She's a culmination um, If that's the right word A summary Of everything I've ever asked the Lord for And a woman And my wife would be like This crafted image that God created Just for me And yet after two and a half years If someone said something about her That wasn't true I would know it Not because I've already discovered every intimate detail about her, but because I know her. Because I've spent so much time with her, talking with her, conversing with her, discovering the secrets of her heart, that I know her. And I wouldn't be deceived or convinced by a lie. And yet God in the same way so that we would know him, that we could understand the thoughts of his heart Sent the Holy Spirit to reveal His heart to us because it says The Holy Spirit searches The deep things the heart and minds of God And reveals them unto us You know he said that No eye has seen Nor ear has heard Nor has even entered into the heart of man The things that God has prepared for those that love him You know we read that verse a lot And it's one of those feel good verses That the Bible has But how often do we really dwell on it How often do we really Think about what it really says Nor has entered Into the heart of man The things that God has prepared For those that love him That means no matter What you imagine No matter what you dream No matter how Amazing Of thoughts or imaginations You could have about what God has prepared It can't come close To what he really has prepared For us that love him And you'll know you'll love him If you keep his commandments If you Rest your heart upon him And give him your heart You know when I was a kid And the Lord um, Really young I had a pastor, youth pastor come up to me and he looked at me and he said to always keep my heart sensitive before the Lord. To keep my heart multiple for the Lord so that he could always move it, he could always change it, he could always shape it and form it and transform it, which he will you know, the Bible says that we're being changed into His image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God, which means that, as it says, that what He started, He will complete until the day of Christ. He's constantly working in our hearts, transforming us, bringing us to a new revelation, to a new level of glory in our understanding of Him and the unimaginable, Unmeasurable love Which he has for us And it's through the intimacy That you have with the Lord That you gain Relationships It's through the relationship That you gain revelation And it's through the revelation That you gain your identity And in that identity Is the power To walk a godly life And that identity of your relationship is the power to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. That's where the power is to transform the very world around you, the very atmosphere around you, because you have become at rest in who you are in the Lord. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, just moments away of being taken away, he said, To those who came, do you not think, or he said to his own disciples who tried to fight for him, even though Jesus knew for this very reason he had come forth into the world to suffer and to die for our sins. But he said, do you not think that I could call legions of angels? And it was true. And it was because he wanted them to understand that though he chose to be crucified, it did not change his understanding of who he was in the Lord. It didn't understand the it didn't um change the intimacy he had with the Lord when he prayed before the Father, and he said, "If this cup can be taken away from me." But uh, if the only way it can pass is if I drink it, then your will be done, was that Jesus knew that his purpose was to serve the Father and to be obedient. And our purpose is to serve the Father and to be obedient. To His voice, to get to a place that we can discern the voice of the Father for not only our own lives, but for the lives of everyone around us, that we can have not only our lives and our hearts affected and changed for the Lord, but that we can manifest His presence and His love and His compassion to the world around us, that they also might come to the revelation of the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That their hearts too can be changed That they can For their, possibly even the first time Know him and see him And understand The love that they that he has for them So this has been Prayer International Radio um, We're running out of time now um, Our calling number is 619-638-8458 If you need prayer Give us a call after the show's over, you can always email us, which is prayerinternational at gmail dot com and um we'll be back tomorrow night at ten o'clock so father in Lord in your name, Father, we worship you, most high God, Lord, and we ask. Father, that you would touch the hearts and lives of every person listening, Father, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would reveal to them the intents of your heart toward them, Lord, and for them, Lord. Reveal to them the plans and purposes you have for their life, Lord, that you would remove the any deceptions, any accusations of the enemy, Lord, that they would be rooted and grounded in your truth, Father, that your word would become a fountain of living water inside of them, Lord. Thank you. Chief.